When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is powered by Poddex. Poddex are unique interview questions and episode starting prompts in the palm of your hand. So whether you're a new podcaster or existing broadcaster looking to grow your audience and have more meaningful conversations, you're going to want to check out Poddex. Now, if you want to get 10% off your order right now, you can go to poddex.com and type in coupon code, what's the code? Larry21. Yes, that's the code. Check out poddex.com. Take your podcast to the next level. Welcome to the True Crime Never Sleeps podcast. We dive into stories of true crime from unsolved cold cases to historic kidnapping to gangsters and beyond. We are your source for true crime. We thank you for listening. Before we dive into today's episode of Cold Case Files, we'd like to remind you, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Just search the True Crime Never Sleeps Podcast. And now on to today's episode of Cold Case Files, where is Sarah Bushland? She vanished without a trace after getting off the school bus in 1996. Sarah Bushland had been in a good mood when she left her Spring Lake, Wisconsin home on the morning of Wednesday, April 3rd, 1996. It was the last day of classes before spring break. It was also the 15-year-old's first day of freedom after being grounded for several weeks. One of her stepbrothers dropped her off at her friend's house in Spooner, Wisconsin that morning, and the two of them walked to Spooner High School together. The first half of the school day passed by quickly for Sarah. Her boyfriend, Travis Lane, picked her up at lunchtime, and the two of them went out to eat. After lunch, Travis uh, dropped her back off at the school, and she attended her afternoon classes. Sarah had intended to walk back to her friend's house with her once the school day ended, as the two of them planned on returning to the school together later that evening for an event being held there. By the end of the day, however, Sarah had changed her mind. She told her friend that she needed to return to her own house first and asked several people if they could give her a ride. Sarah's home was located on the outskirts of the rural community of Spooner, but she was able to unable to find anyone willing to drive her there. She decided to take the school bus. 
Sarah's bus ride home usually took around 40 minutes, and she spent the time chatting with other students on the bus. One of them noticed that there was a dark pickup truck that appeared to be following the bus. She recognized it as belonging to a man that Sarah used to date. Sarah got off at her usual bus stop located near the bottom of the gravel driveway that led to her home. Several witnesses saw the dark colored pickup truck pull into Sarah's driveway. From Sarah's body language, it was clear that she knew the driver. Although all the witnesses saw Sarah approach the driver and start talking to him, it's unclear if she actually got into the truck with him or not. A couple of the witnesses thought Sarah did climb into the truck, while another recalled Sarah seeing Sarah speak with the driver, but nothing else. The only thing known for certain is that Sarah was never seen again. The truck was seen bagging out of Sarah's driveway as the bus pulled away. One witness said the truck then headed north in the direction of Trago, while another claimed it went south. Neither witness could tell if Sarah was in the truck or not. She may have started the 100-yard walk up the driveway to her house. Sarah got off the bus at 4 p.m. The only person who had been home at that time was her 20-year-old stepbrother, David. Her mother, Marie, had to go out of town for a funeral and planned on spending the night in Chippewa Falls, while her stepfather, Jim Lambert, was visiting a friend in Minnesota. Sarah's stepbrother noticed that Sarah didn't arrive home from school and called his father in Minnesota at 4.37 p.m. to report that Sarah wasn't home. It's unclear if he thought she was still grounded or not, since Sarah had initially planned on going to a friend's house after school. There was no reason for anyone to expect her to be home. Jim called his wife in Chippewa Falls and told her that Sarah apparently hadn't returned home from school. Unsure what was going on, Marie immediately made the drive back to Spooner, arriving around 6.20 p.m. She began calling around to some of Sarah's friends, but none of them had seen her since they left school. At 8 p.m., Marie started driving around to various places where she thought Sarah might be. She went to the home where Sarah had been dropped off that morning, as well as Travis's apartment but Sarah wasn't at either location. Travis told Marie that he had eaten lunch with Sarah, but hadn't seen her since he dropped her back off at school. Several of Sarah's classmates confirmed that Sarah had returned to school after lunch and had then taken a bus home. Marie finally went home and spent a sleepless night wondering where her daughter might be. According to Jim, he returned from Minnesota earlier, early the following afternoon. He and Marie then drove to the Spooner Police Station and reported Sarah missing. From the initial report, it appears that the couple believed that Sarah had simply run away. Since they didn't seem particularly concerned, the police didn't did little to look for Sarah. Her disappearance got no publicity at all. Many of her classmates weren't even aware of the fact that she was missing until two weeks after she was last seen. Curiously, Marie didn't bother to call Sarah's father to tell him that his daughter was missing. Mike Bushland learned of her disappearance a few days later when his former mother-in-law called him. From the start, he was convinced that Sarah wasn't a runaway. She hadn't taken any of her belongings. All her clothing, makeup, and hair products were left behind. Sarah had only been living in Spooner since December 1994. Prior to this, she had been living in Colorado with her father and older sister, Leslie. The sisters were only 18 months apart in age and had always been close. Their parents divorced in 1984 and shared joint custody of the girls for much of their childhood. When Mike relocated to Colorado in 1990, both girls had opted to move with him. Mike did everything he could to give his daughters a stable home life, and things seemed to be going well. As the sisters entered their teenage years, they started to act out a little. Leslie got a thrill out of shoplifting, though she never really took anything of value. Soon, Sarah decided to try her hand at it, but she wasn't as discreet about it. 
In November 1994, she was arrested for being caught shoplifting at a local mall. Mike was understandably upset when he learned of his daughter's new hobby, and he grounded both of them. Sarah, in typical teenage fashion, reacted with anger and decided that she no longer wanted to live with her father. She wanted to go live with her mother and stepfather in Wisconsin. Mike agreed, and Sarah left Colorado the following month. Jim and Marie Lambert live on a 65-acre property along Spring Lake in Spooner, Wisconsin. Their home burned down in 1990, and rather than rebuild it, they converted their two-story garage into a home. At that time, Sarah moved in with them. Two of Jim's sons were also living there. Jim and Marie were seldom home. This created the kind of unstructured environment Sarah had been craving when she left her father's house. It came at a price. There were allegations of sexual abuse and tension between Sarah and her stepbrothers. No charges were ever filed, and it's unclear exactly what went on inside the Spooner home. Although Sarah was rarely supervised, she had very little privacy at her, as her bedroom lacked a door and doubled as Jim's office. Sarah was known for her happy and outgoing personality, and she never had a problem making friends. When she moved to Spooner, however, she started hanging out with a group of friends who were much older than her. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. She was only 15 when she started dating Travis. He was 21 at the time. Jim and Marie weren't happy about this. They tried to tell Sarah she wasn't allowed to date until she turned 16. But Sarah continued to see Travis. Like most teenage girls, Sarah kept a diary. Although she only wrote in it sporadically, she did go into detail about some of the tension she felt with her stepfather and stepbrothers, as well as about some general relationship problems. In March 1996, Jim found and read her diary. He was angry about some of the things she had written and grounded her as a result. It's unclear exactly what angered him, though the fact that Sarah was apparently still dating Travis was likely a factor. Sarah was only allowed to leave the house to go to school for school-related activities. Her punishment was due to end the day she went missing. Sarah had moved up Spooner because she had been angry when her father grounded her. Once her stepfather grounded her, she seemed to realize that life with her father had been pretty good. Shortly before she went missing, she told her grandmother that she was thinking about moving back in with her father and sister. The exact circumstances surrounding Sarah's disappearance have never been fully established. As she was trying to find a ride home from school that day, she told one of her friends that she was afraid her stepfather would read her diary again. She mentioned that she wanted to get home before this could happen. Yet Jim was supposed to be out of town on a planned overnight trip that day, meaning there was no risk of him finding and reading her diary. It's possible she was worried that one of her stepfather, 
stepbrothers might find it and reveal its contents to her stepfather. But her exact thoughts are unknown. Although Sarah's father and older sister were convinced that she hadn't run away from home, police latched onto the runaway theory. As a result, there was no real investigation conducted. Mike was upset with the way that the case was handled, noting that no one from the sheriff's office had bothered to contact him until Sarah had been missing for more than a year. It was clear to him that they had never bothered to take a cursory look at her disappearance, let alone conduct an actual investigation. In July 1999, the Washburn County Sheriff's Office arrived at Jim and Marie's home at Spooner and conducted their first physical search for Sarah. Although they declined to name anyone in the family as a suspect or person of interest, they combed through a trash dump that was located on the property. They found nothing related to Sarah's disappearance. In August 2000, law enforcement conducted a second search on the Lambert property, this time armed with a search warrant. They dragged Spring Lake and searched through several other areas on the property, but once again left without finding anything. The fact that the Washburn County Sheriff's Office seemed to be concentrating their search efforts around Sarah's home was a subject of much speculation, but officials refused to comment about the case. The fact that they didn't seem too worried about finding the dark-colored pickup truck seen on that day, Sarah disappeared seemed to indicate that they had discarded it as a lead. They appeared to believe Sarah had arrived that day and met her fate at her own house. After the second search of the Lambert property, the investigation seemed to stall. It would be more than a decade before another physical search would take place. Marie held on to the hope that her daughter had decided to voluntarily disappear and believed that she might return after her 18th birthday. The day came and went without any word from Sarah, and her father admitted that it was getting harder to stay positive. By the time Sarah had been missing for five years, law enforcement admitted that it appeared her disappearance had not been voluntary. Although they had no proof that foul play had taken place, they noted that they had no reason to believe Sarah was still alive. They received few leads about the case, likely since there was no publicity and few people seemed to know Sarah was missing but they believed that there were people living in the Spoon area who knew exactly what had happened to the teenager. Although Sarah's case was always considered to be an active investigation, no progress was made on it for years. In 2013, police renewed their efforts at finding Sarah, starting off with yet another search of the Lambert's property in May 2013. More than 70 investigators spent two days scouring the entire property, including the home, in all outbuildings, cadaver dogs were brought in to assist, and they reacted to the smell of decomposition in several different areas. Despite the extensive search, officials once again left without any clues about what might have happened. Both Jim and Marie died in 2017. The Washburn County Sheriff's Office conducted a fourth search of their property just a week after Jim's death. Once again, searchers failed to find any evidence related to Sarah's disappearance. The truck that was seen at Sarah's driveway on the day she went missing has never been identified. One witness thought it looked like a truck belonging to the father of Sarah's boyfriend. Another recognized it as belonging to a man Sarah had referred to as Steve. There was no one named Steve known to be associated with Sarah. It's possible that both witnesses were referring to Travis. Either way, there is still no evidence that Sarah got into the truck that day. It may not be involved in her disappearance at all. The fact that the detectives seemed to fixate on the Lambert property suggests that they had evidence indicating that something happened to Sarah there, but they have never spoken publicly about this. Although they did not believe that Sarah is still alive, she is still considered a missing person at this time. 
Sarah's father and sister have come to terms with the fact that she was almost certainly the victim of foul play, but they have never given up their search for her. Leslie has been extremely active in keeping Sarah's case alive and still hopes that they will one day learn what happened to her little sister. Sarah Bushland was 15 years old when she went missing in 1996. She's got blue eyes and blonde hair. At the time of the disappearance, she was 5 feet tall and weighed 104 pounds. She was last seen wearing blue jeans, a t-shirt with a picture of Tweety Bird on the front, blue jacket, and black sneakers. She was also wearing four silver rings, including a Spooner High School class ring, with a black stone and wire rimmed eyeglasses. If you have any information about Sarah, you're asked to contact the Washburn County Sheriff's Office at 715-468-4700. Let us know your thoughts on this case in the comments section below. What do you think happened? And of course, if you want to support the channel, go ahead, buy us a copy at buymeacoffee.com slash TCNS. Your support helps the channel grow, upgrade our equipment, bring in new hosts, be able to pay them, and one day take this show on the road. We'd love to be able to uh, record live episodes from scenes of crime scenes like this, like travel to uh, Spooner, Wisconsin, and have a live episode there, or... Uh, Record live from crime scenes in California, and you can make that happen. No matter how much you give, a dollar, five dollars, fifty, hundred, anything you give is appreciated and helps this channel grow. But once again, you can buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash TCNS. As always, thank you so much for watching and listening. We'll see you next time. You have been listening to the True Crime Never Sleeps Podcast. Thank you for listening. You can follow us on Facebook at True Crime Never Sleeps Podcast and on Twitter at True Crime NS. And follow us on Instagram at True Crime Never Sleeps. Thanks for watching. If you want to support the show, buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash TCNN or become a patron at patreon.com slash True Crime Never Sleeps. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.